All right, you guys, I have a funny feeling that when I mention the word self-care, your eyes do a little bit of a roll. Am I right? I get it, because I used to feel the same way. I used to think, where do I have time for this self-care that everyone's talking about? But then I started to realize that self-care does not need to be stressful and it actually doesn't have to be something extra on your to-do list. And that's why I invited today's guest, founder and CEO of The Ying Way, Rachel Redman, is here to talk to us today. With 20 years experience, she's a doctor of oriental medicine, an Ayurvedic practitioner, and a women's health expert. And she is teaching women how they can add self-care in so they can feel energized and productive every single day. Rachel has been featured in Women's Health and Elle magazine, and her and I had just the most awesome conversation about ways to implement self-care that will help you heal and balance your hormones, will help you you know, walk through this chronic stress that we're all living through. It was just such a great episode. I know you're going to love it. Please, after you listen to this, message us. Tell us what takeaways you had. Share the episodes in your stories. You know I always, always love that. It just means so much to me. And here we are for another week of In Total Alignment. This season is just going to be so great. There are so many amazing guests coming. I'm so excited for what's to come. You guys are going to love Rachel. Enjoy this one. Welcome back to In Total Alignment with me, your host, Michelle File. Not too many years ago, I was far from feeling aligned in my life. I was stressed out, 80 pounds overweight, insecure, and happy, but really unhappy if that makes sense. Life was happening to me instead of me creating the life I desired. In one small twist of fate, almost eight years ago, After a 20-year career as a top 100 Aveda salon and spa owner, I completely changed the trajectory of my life. On my way to rising to the top of my network marketing company, I completely changed my mindset, spirituality, health, and finances. And this is where I get to share it all with you. I hope to bring you guests, experiences, insights, and conversations that will help you elevate your life too. Creating a holistic approach to success is my goal. Are you ready? Let's go. Well, thank you so much for joining us. I, just like I shared with you, I'm so excited to talk to you because you really you're an expert in a field I know nothing about. So I would love for you just to kind of share how you got into sort of Eastern medicine and women's health and just share kind of your beginnings. And then we can kind of kick into some of these things that I'm so excited to learn about. Sure. Yes. Well, thanks for having me here. Um, So I began my journey of Eastern medicine when I was about 18 or 19 years old. And um, I just had chronic health issues. Like a lot of people, you know, I came into the healing profession because of my own health challenges. And I um, went to college and just had really horrible stomach issues. And I had them my whole life, but they intensified. And I was just really struggling to find a solution. And 
went the Western route and they gave me, you know, a medication that was really helpful. And I was grateful for that. But when I asked how long I should take it, they said, oh, you can just take it the rest of your life. And I was like, but I'm like 18 and like kind of healthy. And I just knew enough to know that maybe there was an underlying cause. So um, that's when I learned about Ayurveda. It just sort of fell in my lap from a family friend. And um, Ayurveda is a traditional medicine from India. It's over 5,000 years old. And it's at it's really a holistic kind of mind, body, spirit medicine. And, um, and actually digestive, the digestive system is kind of cornerstone to that medicine. So it really helped me with my own digestive issues. And I learned to meditate when I was 19 and that changed my life for the better. And so that just kind of got me on my, on my path. And, um, and then, so Ayurveda brought me to Chinese medicine um, which I went on to study in my later 20s. And now in my late 30s, I am putting it all together. Ayurveda, traditional Chinese medicine, and actually neuroscience now is my new, is my new gig. <laughs> so got that, that like old world, new world thing going on. That is so amazing that you started all of this so young. I mean, I think one of the coolest things right now that I see sort of just on social media and all the places is all of this knowledge and wisdom being shared. So younger women can start earlier. I typically talk to sort of women in their forties, sort of transitioning through that decade as our hormones change and perimenopause and all that stuff. But of course, as you will know, being on social media, you attract all different ages. And last night I shared something that was very specific to 40 year olds. And actually all the comments underneath were from women in their thirties saying, thank you for sharing this because I'm going to start it now. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, you are so smart because if you start doing this self-care and be more self-compassionate and thinking about your hormonal health and all of that kind of stuff, now you're going to transition through that era with so much more ease than someone like I did, or, you know, people in their forties and fifties. So I think it's so cool that you, you know, learned all of this really, really early and have been practicing it. So talk to me about Ayurveda. I know you briefly described it, but I know nothing. So I would love to kind of dive into that. What is it really, you mentioned that it really helps with digestion. Um, So can you just kind of like unpack that for us? Yeah, sure. So a a broad understanding is Ayurveda is often um, considered the sister science to yoga. So Ayurveda and yoga kind of have similar roots um, in Vedantic philosophy and um, many thousands of years ago. And um, Ayurveda is really a system of learning to be healthy and help to heal your body, but also to prevent illness and disease. Um, the word Ayurveda means the science of life, or it can be translated as the knowledge of longevity. So it's this real understanding about how we can live in harmony with, um, nature and our surroundings. And that there's this, um, concept that we're all unique. And so what's medicine for one is not necessarily medicine for another. So um, a main concept is to understand your mind body constitutional type. Um, The word we call this is doshas. um, But that is basically your constitutional type. So there's three main types. And we're all a variation of each of those types. But it really helps to know 
you know, some people are, and this is based actually on five elements. So those five elements are ether, air, fire, water, and earth. So we all have some combination of these five elements in our DNA, physiology, temperament, things like that. Um, but we express it in different ways. That's what's what makes us all cool and different and unique. Um, but it helps to know yourself, to know what are my tendencies towards being out of balance? Like, do I tend towards dryness as a person or do I tend to be kind of oily and wet and like phlegmy and damp so knowing those things know like helps us to make more informed choices about what we're eating how our routines are going and how we might shift things according to the seasons or even where we live so it's really amazing (laughs) okay so at first I was thinking, oh my gosh, this is like another Enneagram thing. Like I cannot handle any more things trying to figure out my personality, but that's not it at all. Like when, then when you went on to say like dryness and oily, so how do you, so what are the care? Can you explain what are some of the characteristics? I mean, I know there's obviously going to be a lot to figuring out what type you are. Yeah. But can you kind of share a little bit, like break that sure. down a little bit? Yes. In a nutshell. So there's the, the dosha of vata. Vata means wind. So vata are our windy type people. Their constitutions have a lot of influence from ether and air elements. And so a vata person tends to be um, kind of those like lanky, thin, you know, those people who are just kind of like petite bone structure. You're like, no matter what they eat, they tend to be like thin or even underweight. So that is, um, Vata can be like a Vata person can be quite tall or quite short. There's a lot of this irregularity, even their face, facial features might be a little bit like asymmetrical. Maybe they're like hollowed out cheeks and, and really jutting, um, like bones. You can see their like wrist joints really well. So they have this really, um, kind of this windy kind of, um, type constitution and their, their bone structure represents that. Um, but what we see, um, mentally, emotionally, their temperament is they tend to be like, they want to jump and dance and do and be really busy and active. And they can be the life of the party, but they, they tend to be like a firecracker where they have a burst of energy and then they fizzle out and then they're really tired. And so there's each dosha has its sort of like, um, um, it's challenges, but also it's attributes. It's like, you know, positive things. So, so Vata's can be really, um, spontaneous and visionaries and creative and, and ethereal and, and, um, sensitive and things like that. But on the flip side, they do tend to be kind of, um, dry and constipated and anxious and forgetful and ungrounded and, they're like wearing their sunglasses on their head, but looking for them for an hour kind of thing. I so, feel like you're describing my daughter. I feel like yeah. every time someone is doing this kind of thing with me, I'm like, oh, that's my daughter. Yeah. And that is the natural thing to start to like place yeah. these categories. And so I'm going to give like the three main categories, but then there's always a bunch of permutations and variations and we can be, you know, one way in temperament, another way physically. And then there's also ways that our longstanding imbalances kind of shift this thing. So it gets a little layered and nuanced, but it's, it's pretty cool. And so a Vata type person does tend towards these certain like bloating and gas constipation, arthritis conditions, um, joint pain, and, um, 
insomnia, anxiety, those are kind of the main, the main things. So it's kind of cool because when you know that about yourself, you know, okay, these are my tendencies. So then I really need to support this part of myself in these certain ways that we did outline in Ayurveda to create balance and health in that person. That is so cool. So what are you, what type are you? Like what will you yeah. share? That? <laughs> so should I explain the other two? I can do it. Quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To yeah. Explain okay. the other two and then yeah. So the, the next one is, is called Pitta and Pitta is a combination of fire element and water element, but it's mostly this fire. Um, and the, a fiery type Pitta person tends to be sort of like our average body frame, um, like tends to be maybe quite athletic. Um, and let's see, like even having some character characteristics, like, um, like freckles and moles and, and like red hair, of course, this, this changes based on your like ethnic background and things like that. But there are some tendencies kind of like, um, sensitive skin, reactive skin, skin that tends to be quite inflamed a lot, um, and sensitive to heat and things like that. Um, our pits of people tend to be really like joyful and go-getters and ambitious and doers and really driven and really bright intellectual. Um, these are the people who, you know, in the careers like physicians and lawyers, where there's like a lot of study and a lot of follow through, we find a lot of pit to individuals in those fields. Their challenge point tends to be physically, they're just prone to inflammation. Um, digestive wise, it would be more like, um, loose stools, diarrhea, acid reflux, things like that. And then mentally, emotionally, they can be very irritable, kind of quick to fly off the handle and anger and um, overly controlling. So they're real learning is to learn how to surrender and right. let go and chill out <laughs> and not be so driven. Um, and then Kapha is kind of this influence of earth and water elements. And so these individuals tend to be the most kind of balanced in a sense, grounded. Um, physically, they tend to have kind of bigger, broader bone structures, more meat on their bodies. Um, and this is really healthy. So it's really important to see that we can be healthy really at any at any size. And Ayurveda says this, you know, a kapha individual um, will tend to be a bit heavier. Um, they tend to have um, like just kind of soft, smooth skin and nice wavy hair and big eyes and, you know, big bright eyes and things like that. They're, um, some of their wonderful things is they can be very loving and grounded and nurturing. You know, we talk about like earth mamas or people say, oh, that's my rock in the relationship. That's a very grounded kapha person. Their challenge point is that because they're so grounded, they have so much of this earth momentum it can be hard for them to get up and go and get off the couch and go be motivated and active and out in the world. And so they tend to things like too much phlegm and congestion and slow metabolism and sluggishness and, and that kind of thing. And, and kind of like a feeling down and dull and things like that. So that's kind of the big oh, overview. Yeah. Big picture. So cool. That is so cool. So how does, um, kind of, women's health come into this. So like you said, you were introduced to this because of an aunt, uh, did you say family member, aunt? Yeah. Family member, yeah, I think, right. Mm -hmm. And, um, you had digestive issues. Mm -hmm. So how did figuring out where you landed, how mm -hmm. did that help that digestion for you? 
Yeah. So the amazing thing for me was um, my main um, kind of uh, intervention was meditation. So I saw a practitioner and this practitioner said, I think you need to learn to meditate. And I was like, okay, well, I had a, a friend who, um, her mother was a meditation teacher. So she taught me how to meditate. And I learned, I started practicing 20 minutes twice a day, practice transcendental meditation. Um, and within a couple of weeks and months, about 80% of my digestive issues just went away. And I didn't change my diet actually at that point. Cause I, and I, what I learned was that the mind body connection is so strong. And actually not only did I have a lifetime of chronic digestive issues, I had a lifetime of undiagnosed anxiety. Um, so once I had a tool to manage my anxiety that healed, I had leaky gut that healed my leaky gut. And then the last 20% of my digestive issues, I did start to shift my diet, how I was eating, what I was eating, when, um, and some practices around that. And that sort of, um, healed me kind of all the way. And then has helped me to have a very strong digestive system where I can eat and enjoy food. And, and so and I know what it's like to have food and sensitivities and intolerances. So it's actually kind of funny because back when I was 18, my, you know, you asked, how did you get into this medicine? I was like, actually, and if I tell you the real reason, it was because I wanted to eat pizza and ice cream again. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I like spent it my whole childhood, like not being able to eat those yeah. things. Yeah. And so, and so now I can eat those things and I'm happy. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it is so fascinating. The connection between our mental health and our gut health. And uh, it, it just like nobody understands unless you've actually like you and I have actually studied it. And just like the simplicity of this is the first thing I tell my clients. When you sit to have a meal, electronics off, say a prayer, like it, I don't care if you're praying to just like calm yourself down before you're yeah. eating. And just by doing that and chewing your food and just calming down and getting centered and grounded, you are going to do more than if you sat down to a perfectly macro based food. Right. Yeah. 100%. Right. Like it's just yeah. incredible to me that that little snippet of information can change people in such a big way. And then when you take it to actually moving past everyone's thought processes about meditation, I mean, I think, unfortunately, so many of us have this, not myself, I meditate several times a day now, but eight years ago, I would never, I didn't want to, I thought it was crazy. I like, what a waste of time. Why would you sit there not doing anything? Like there's just this horrible, um, mentality around meditation and it can change so many things. And your story to me is so incredible because it's really linking those two. I mean, it's one system, your gut health up to your, your brain, your central nervous system. And it is like, that is a very cool testimony of yeah. meditation. Yeah. Now, were you really like, were you really just like gung ho, like right from the beginning? Okay. I'll just sit down and do it for 20 minutes twice a day. Or did it kind of, did you hear testimonials that it worked really well? Or you just trusted your friends so much that you were doing yeah. it? Well, my brother had started meditating 
and it was helping him with some of his food intolerances. So that kind of gave me hope. Um, and then the, the technique, when I learned it, like it costs some money to learn it. And so there was a little bit of like, uh, are you going to do this? Like, you really have to like, you know, think about is this, you know, are you going to commit to this? Um, and, um, I think I just found it so helpful and my, um, and I just kind of had friends, my parents had learned to meditate, you know, like that kind of thing. And I had just, um, the, my meditation teacher just told me, she said, when you wake up in the morning, um, you know, brush your teeth, wash your face, sit down to meditate. Like you just, it's kind of what we call now, like habit stacking. You yes. just do that. Yeah. And it just becomes over time, it will become part of your routine. And then to get in that second meditation was a little bit more challenging, but I was, I had, you know, I was a college student, so I kind of had all the time in the world. So I could do it, but I had to be really dedicated because I lived with seven people and I lived in a basement where it was like really loud. Every fork that dropped up, like on the kitchen floor was like, ah, but I would just, I think I just found that it was so beneficial. The amount of energy it gave me when I was, you know, 20, I mean, like this wasn't a good thing, but I could stay up all night. And like, not that I was supposed to, or that was like healthy. Cause I kind of would swing the pendulum a bit, but I just felt so good. And so that helped me to keep doing it. And, um, I would just hang up a post-it note on my door saying I'm meditating. My roommates would respect that. And it just became part of my thing, I guess. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Yeah. So you mentioned trans, how do you say transcend? How do you transcendental meditation? Yeah. So what I know that I, if, I know that I've yeah. heard of it, but I'm not exactly yeah. sure exactly what it is. Can you kind of share? Yeah, it's it's a simple meditation technique where you're given a mantra. So just a word, kind of a meaningless word that you just repeat over and over to yourself. The thing I like about TM is that, um, and I think this is a misconception about meditation, is that um, you know, people think, oh, I can't meditate, I have too many thoughts. Well, to have thoughts is to be alive. And so TM is not about getting rid of thoughts, it's about noticing those thoughts. And then going back to your mantra. And then of course, you're going to drop the mantra. Like you drop a handkerchief on the, on the pathway. And when you notice you pick it up, you go back and you pick up your mantra. So it's easy and it's effortless. And that's what I like about this technique specifically. However, whatever technique works for somebody is the one I recommend, you know, like there are so many techniques out there. I just would I just feel sad that when people have this misunderstanding of meditation, that they should have no thoughts that they should feel like Zen because there's been a lot of research that shows that even your subjective experience of meditation, if you feel like, Oh, I had so many thoughts and I've been so busy when they look at the brain, they can see that you still got the benefits of meditating. Mm -hmm. So you might feel kind of like, ah, during it, but maybe later, an hour later, a week later, you're like, Oh yeah, maybe there, it is doing something, even though my mind is racing. So I feel like that's such an important misconception to clear up because that prevents so many people from ever even starting. I agree. I mean, I meditate every single morning and there are some mornings that, you know, the, the timer goes off or the app goes off. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that was the best. I really was grounded and clear. And, and then there are other times that I'm like, oh my God, what is this? Albert? Like, it's, yeah, yeah. you can't get yourself. And 
because I've created that habit, I know that it's, it's doing so much for me that I just continue to do it. But I think for people beginning is you just have to get through those initial, I remember the first time, like the first couple months that I was meditating, I was like, this is the dumbest, like, what am I doing here? But then like progressively, as I kept going, I could really, really see the benefits. Do you have any sort of favorite meditation apps or channels or anything like that, that you would suggest for people? Um, I've tried over the years because I'd like to experience, you know, other things because not everyone knows TM or like wants to learn it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Headspace is great. Um, I love um like like Zen Buddhist mindfulness practices. So one of my favorite people is Tara Brock. Um R A C H, like a, a mindfulness teacher. So I've um I've benefited a lot from a mindfulness practice, which is not meditation, but it's kind of like a, you know, they're like brothers and sisters. Um, I did the, the training, the MBSR, the mindfulness based stress reduction training. And I found that really valuable. So I just, you know, it's, everyone has a different starting point. Like maybe mindfulness is actually a a better entry point than meditation for some people, maybe just walking outside in nature without your headphones on, without your phone. And just observing the sights and sounds and the smells and the, you know, the sensations is the place to start. Because I think people today are really stressed out, really overstimulated. And so I understand that some people, especially like a Vata type person, like they're going to be like, I just can't do it. That's why people like yoga because they're moving, but they're also tapping in and dropping in. So don't, I feel like it's important not to get hung up on exactly what, but just giving yourself the space to like come inward with your senses and your, your, you know, and have a moment of of stillness or softness or slowness. That's not, you know, we're so often hooked into something, whether it's our thoughts or our devices or our work or things like that. I want to introduce you to one of my new favorite little health gadgets. Seriously, you guys, gaining this kind of information about my own body, it literally makes me giddy. And I'm so excited to share it with you all. For the last few weeks, I have been using the Lumen Metabolic Tracker to get a thorough understanding of how my metabolism works. Lumen is the first ever device of its kind used to enhance fat burn, lose weight, and boost energy naturally by measuring your metabolism through your breath. With the Lumen Tracker, you will be able to tell whether your body is using fat or carbs as fuel. So why is this important? Well, knowledge is power, and by learning exactly what your body is doing, it takes the guesswork out of deciding exactly how you should fuel it at any given moment. Lumen also provides you with a nutrition plan that aims to improve and maintain metabolic flexibility through macronutrient manipulation, fasting, and other recommendations based on how your metabolism is performing. So here's how it works. Lumen uses a CO2 sensor and flow meter to determine the CO2 concentration in a single breath. This indicates the type of fuel your body is using to produce energy. You can measure at different times of the day, first thing in the morning, before and after meals, before and after a workout, and so on, to see how your body is responding throughout the day. You can also use it 
to track your intermittent fasting by measuring throughout the fast to make sure you aren't over fasting and causing stress on your body. You guys, you know how happy that last part makes me. In short, Lumen is everything you need to optimize your health in the palm of your hand. I cannot recommend this little device enough. It is so cool to live in a time where we can learn so much incredible information about our body. So head to michellefile.com slash lumen to check them out and use the code michellefile for $50 off your device. Okay, so when would a woman come and seek out your help. When and why? Like what what is she going through, Rachel, when she would come to talk to you and seek out your help? So of course there's a range. Um I tend to work with women in 20s through 50s, like mid 50s, um which it, you know relates to our like reproductive years and our, you know, um when we're whether we have children or not, like when we're menstruating and and going through a lot of those regular hormonal shifts. Um so I I when I opened my acupuncture practice I started working with a lot of women and they were complaining, not not complaining, but like coming to me with similar concerns. So there was a lot of um, things related to chronic stress, um, a lot of digestive issues, sleep issues, like so much exhaustion and fatigue, um, just feelings of like anxiety or depression or just like a lack of well-being. Um, And then, of course, that always branches off into other Mm-hmm. symptoms depending on each person oh a lot of like menstrual things like pms or fertility challenges um and then i was also working with women who were in that like perimenopausal menopause transition and i was watching these women come in who had 20 30 years of chronic stress behind them all these years of really not paying much attention to their bodies and then they would get to this menopausal transition and they would experience what i call like the crash and burn like suddenly the rug would be ripped out under them and not to scare people, but also to say that what we do leading up to the, that bigger hormonal transition matters. And so even if you're like 49 right now, what you do right now matters every day. And that's not to like, and it can be so simple is the other thing of it. So, but I was just watching these women and it was like, oh my gosh, there's like 30 pound, 30 pound weight gain overnight, you know, like, like depression, complete and like insomnia, um, digest, like just the whole range of things. And I was like, Oh, like, you know, I can support these women, but we're kind of at this point, just patching a hole, you know, trying to like patch a hole. Whereas like, if I start a little bit earlier, how I could do so, you know, I like have all of this training and knowledge and passion. Like what if, and just, I think the women today are missing this form of education. Like we just didn't get it. It's also not part of our medical system. It's not part of our traditions. Um, it's not part of how we live. We live in this world where like to be healthy is like swimming upstream. And so, and we just don't have a, a lot a big understanding of what we do and how, how, you know, the impacts of it. Mm-hmm. And so my hope is to like intervene with people younger so that they can learn that something as simple as um, you know, eating lunch could, you know, impact how their metabolism is in the future or their bone health and things like that, their heart health, these things that typically um, are challenge areas for women post-menopause. So 
you know, I want to intervene because ideally I want to do a lot of preventative medicine, but also people are showing up with symptoms right now all the time, especially due to chronic stress and um, maybe like subpar lifestyle, nutrition and stress management. Yeah. I love that. And my, my passion is, is teaching women what stress is doing to their, to their lives and to their health specifically. I mean, we all have stress, work stress, career stress, life stress, but at some point you're going to have a big stress. I mean, like a big one, you know, six years ago, my dad died. So I, I had all of this stress, career stress, mom stress, adoption stress, divorce, like just all of these stressors, which felt pretty normal and pretty manageable. I mean, I, I think I was managing them quite well. And then my dad died. You get plopped in the middle of this big stressor. And if you have not prepared yourself, if you have not got practices like um, meditation and journaling and chewing your food, and eating healthy fats and not just eating salads and always doing quick fixes and being like depleted in so many vitamins and minerals. These were all of me. (laughs) I'm speaking from myself. I mean, I was starting to dabble in it. So I sort of had a little bit of knowledge. And then when that was sort of, I was sinking in this stress, this huge life stress on top of everything else, I realized, oh my gosh, like, this is the answer. The answer is going inward and being more aware of, okay, why am I feeling so off? And it wasn't another diet and it wasn't another intense workout that was going to be the fix. It was like a slow progression of adding more self-care and self-care can be so enjoyable. Why do people resist it so much? Because I know that's something that you, you really stress, like self-care doesn't have to be stressful, but it seems like for so many women, it you're, they would rather meal prep exercise two hours a day and fast for 20 hours than they would to spend half an hour doing some self-care twice a day. Why is that? So I've been asking myself that question for a long time. And the answer I've come up with is that we live in a world that values and prioritizes the things that are associated with kind of the yang energy, like there's yin and there's yang. And so we value being productive and being busy and even being extroverted and um, always, you know, having something to show for ourselves. And a lot of people grew up where their parents wouldn't let them be idle. You know, they're like, you need to, you know, do your chores. Like there was no, most of us have been conditioned to um, think that being slow is lazy or doing nothing is, um, is kind of a sin or something. (laughs) And so we have this long standing conditioning that we need to be busy and doing and productive and showing for ourselves. So it's no wonder why when we're trying to flip that around and say, hey, just sit there and watch the birds out your window. People are like, what? Like, no, like, I don't want to do that, first of all. And that sounds awful. And also, like, I have all these things to do. And then the second part is that we really have all these things to do. You know, we have so many demands on us. And so it can feel like 
how in the world can I spend 20 minutes on myself when, you know, the ship is going to sink if I don't keep it going. And so I talk a lot about self-care and I try to reframe it and help people see that can be stress-free. But I also want to say that there's a part of the self-care conversation that I don't like. And that's the part where we're not talking about how our society is set up to support women and mothers and families, because it's not. And so people then, you know, feel this like shame and guilt, like I should be doing more and I know I should be taking care of myself and I'm not doing it. But part of that is because we don't have a context to support people. We're all like living in our tiny families and our micro universes doing it all on our own. Nobody in our history has ever done it all on our own. And so Part of the self-care conversation leaves out the fact that we also need like large scale systemic societal changes. And so my hope is like that we can talk about both these things. They both exist. They both matter. We do need to care for ourselves and we need to create societies that better care for the people. Yeah, that's such a good Good point. And wow, do we have a long way to go? I mean, our society just, I can very easily get twisted back into that overproduction. I didn't do enough. I was from a family that was always going. My dad was up at four in the morning at work at 430. And it really was an unwritten thought process in our family that if you weren't up early, you were lazy like Mm -hmm. period. And if you weren't just always joining the committees and at a meeting and like, Mm -hmm. like it was wrong not to be doing all of that stuff all the time. So I really have to ground myself a lot because I, all those old beliefs can come like flooding back to me very easily when, um, especially when I'm feeling stressed, funny enough, when I'm feeling stressed, that's kind of when it all rushes back. Yeah. Yeah. I love this conversation because I just think it's so important. And I think if women can get their heads wrapped around it, the techniques, once you learn them are actually not hard. Like they're very simple to bring into your life. You just have to be open to, to really adding them in. So I know that you have a program called the Yang way. Can you share a little bit about your program and how it helps women specifically? Yes. So the Yin Way program is designed for the busy, um, kind of overspent, overcommitted mother or woman, like about half the people have kids, half don't. So it's kind of, you know, broad in that way. Um, And it's just this idea that, like I was saying before, we live in this world that values and prioritizes all of these attributes associated with young energy or that masculine energy. So in order to find healing and balance, we have to swing the pendulum the other way and start to really invite in that which is associated with yin, which it, with um, yin, which is like slowness and stillness and introspection and, you know, having more breaks and more rest and prioritizing those kind of like slower, softer things. So the program seeks to one, be this um, kind of like a, um, an educational primer for people to learn the basics of Ayurvedic medicine, how to figure out what their constitution is, how to um, adapt a few simple, super simple lifestyle changes or nutritional changes that will help their body heal and prevent illness and disease. It also draws in um, concepts from traditional Chinese medicine and neuroscience. We put it all together. And then um, 
but it's really made for people to be have a community and kind of do this work together and and we're really working to rewire the brain to get rid of those old beliefs and replace them with new ones so you know we'll celebrate someone who um instead of you know blazing through their afternoon of meetings they took 10 minutes to go outside and have a cup of tea you know we celebrate all these teeny tiny wins because that is what helps our brain to one learn that it's safe that it's healthy that it's okay that it feels good and that we can do it again and those little like choices we make each day they build and so we do this for 10 weeks we meet once a week as a group um everyone comes in with their own stuff and so we work to kind of help each you know help each individual but as a whole we're one just talking about how to take better care of ourselves how to integrate self-care how to calm our nervous systems and how to lean into the yin in a way that feels healthy and supportive all of this is super important for our hormones so Mm -hmm. that is in there as well but we can't um have any sort of hormone imbalance if we live only in the yin or only in the yang or only in the yin you can't you have to have a a bit of both (laughs) yeah you have to have that balance which is what we've been missing I think you're either you tend to be either one or the other right like most of us are one or the other and we just have to realize in everything with health related you have to have that balance like our body wants balance or I mean I talk to women day in and day out about hormones and it's so interesting and I myself included up until a few years ago I did not understand that if everything isn't in balance your hormones are they don't have a hope of being balanced so you have to work on digestion you have to work on your stress levels you have to work on your how much sugar you're getting to have that balance of of life and of health so it sounds like you've really kind of cornered that stress management that to really really help women women with that it sounds like a very powerful program now if you have someone coming to you ideally they do something like the ying way with you but if they they're listening to this and they're saying you know, I've never meditated. I know that I'm like living off of seven cups of coffee a day. I'm like anxious all the time. Like they're just like not feeling everything is out of whack. What are a few things that they could start doing just on their own? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So one is, um, one is, is, is always, um, you know, noticing where they are right now and offering um, some compassion for where they are right now. Because so often one of our biggest stressors is the way that we're viewing ourselves and the way that we're be hard, that we're being really hard on ourselves. Like we are all kind of this like pressure cooker and we're all kind of keeping our lids sealed by the way that we internalize all of these, you know, stress and shame and guilt and all these things. So I think a little bit of self-compassion goes a long way. And science, you know, uh, research will show that, um, self-compassion, even just putting your hand on your chest, that touch is really important to increase oxytocin, which is, um, which, you know, is the love hormone, our bonding hormone. But when oxytocin rises, cortisol drops, those two kind of work in tandem. And so, um, so, so, so self-compassion is such a wonderful stress reliever. So I'd say start there. And then we just say like, add in something, something simple. So if someone's drinking seven cups of coffee and they're exhausted, I would say, 
okay, before you have that first cup of coffee, drink a cup of warm water, just start there, start there, you know, and then, and then, and then so often people are like, oh, that feels amazing, you know, and actually more energy and and then, and then the idea is to kind of build up from the ground under their feet, give them support, safety, start calming their nervous system so that some of those things just drop away. Like instead of seven cups, they're drinking four and they're like, ah, okay, like maybe I'll have, you know, like, because we want it to be this sort of like natural um, shifting because otherwise we're just like, oh, like trying to rigidly do things and force ourselves. And that stuff doesn't last because you can only hold out for so long by pushing yourself and forcing yourself. So we have to make subtle shifts. And a lot of people just need to learn to start feeling their body, connecting in with their body, putting their hand on their belly and breathing a couple of breaths um, learning that we can calm our nervous system in this little 3D belly breaths. And, you know, that is so important. So we really, I take a really gentle approach, but my clients find that it's, it's also very effective because a lot of people I see are already burnt out. They're already exhausted and they're worried. They're like, I don't know if I can do this work. I don't know if I can do this program. I have zero bandwidth. I'm like, okay, we can work with that. You know, all you have to do is the ability to like, see yourself and to be a little bit self-reflective and that can be a place to start. Yeah. I think it's so refreshing. I mean, I can tell just by talking to you, you're a gentle, you're a gentle nature and just that calming would be so incredible to be around, but it's refreshing to hear. And I hope that's what the women are hearing is it doesn't have to be, you don't have to actually take anything away. To be honest, mm-hmm. you can just add things into your life slowly. And this is just like, even the way we're talking, it just is calming. It's right. not adding more to your plate. It's actually, right. you know, it it can be so, so beneficial. So, yeah. And that can be like a challenge for people because, well, like they think, okay, I need to change my diet this way and only eat these things. And then that creates more stress. Oh, yeah. so I'm like, no, 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 like, even if you're just eating, like, pizza for to start you know just like take the pressure off yourself like so much of it has to be like we have to calm our nervous systems we can't digest a single thing our bodies cannot heal if we're stressed out so sometimes people take that doing attitude and apply it to wellness and then they're just like making their problems worse even though they're trying so hard and then they're frustrated then they're really mad. <laughs> so exactly. I think most women do that because we we're just so used to, okay, January 1st, we're going to start a diet and we're never eating yeah. this again. And we're going to meal prep for seven hours. And yeah. we, we are just adding like so much stress yeah. on top of our, our lives that even if it does possibly work for a week, you are going to be so burnt out. You're yeah. actually going to be starting worse off than you were on January 1st. And that's the message we have to get out there. It's like why you and I talk so much, right? We need to get it out there. So people aren't wasting their time. You know, they're not waking up 49 years old in a real mess. Yeah. Um, I love, I love that you're, you know, trying to get this word out so women can do it sooner and earlier and just make life so much more enjoyable to be honest. They'll feel better, feel more healthy and accomplished in the end. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. This was so good. Thank you so much, Rachel. I I really, I was so curious about Eastern medicine and you've really kind of um, made me even more curious to be awesome or to be honest. So my last question that I love to ask everyone 
Do you have a couple favorite books that you could recommend people if they were kind of curious about the things that we've discussed today? Okay, let me look at my bookshelf. Yeah, um, absolutely. Actually, not all here. Um, yes. Um, one book that really got me on the path of women's health was is called Balance Your Hormones, Balance Your Life. And it's by Dr. Claudia Welch. This book is maybe 13, 14 years old. So I'm not sure if some of the research is a little bit outdated at this point. But um, Dr. Welch was one of my teachers and mentors. She's an, Ayur, she's, an, she's an Ayurvedic practitioner, traditional Chinese medicine practitioner, and she integrates a lot of Western science. And so this book will lay out yin and yang and a bit about Ayurveda. And she really inspired me to do the work that I'm doing and actually to go to acupuncture school because one TCM, traditional Chinese medicine, has a beautiful way of talking about the hormones um, in a way that is missing from Western medicine. And also, it just highlighted, you know, the importance of shifting the context of our life so that it supports us. Um, so anyway, I love that book, Balance Your Hormones, Balance Your Life. Uh, there's probably so many other books. Um, oh, you know what I love is called Mommy Brain, How Motherhood Makes You Smarter. Oh, I've never heard of that one. Fascinating. I can't remember who it's from, but I can send you the author. Yeah. Um, this talks about how our brains change through pregnancy and motherhood mm -hmm. and how so often there's a negative connotation about mommy brain, like you're forgetful mm -hmm. and you're dumb and you can't remember things and you miss appointments, but actually it's this amazing evolutionary adaptation that we have. And there's all these extraordinary benefits of these brain changes. And so I like to give people a little sense because we tend to see it, you know, only the negative of these changes, but actually it's this amazing way that we can up level and empower ourselves and in our brains as well. Oh, that sounds like such a good one. My audience will love that because that's such a term we all use, right? Like mom brain, yeah. <laughs> that is not a positive. We're never saying no. it in a positive yeah. life, right? So that's amazing. Thank you for, I know that's an on the spot question because we've, most of my guests have read so many books. It's yeah. hard to remember any, but those sound great. The balance, your hormones. That sounds like a really good one that I think I'll have to get anyways. Thank you so much. Where can people find you? Where's the best way to connect with you? Um, come connect with me on Instagram. I'm, I like to, um, just chat there. So that's at rachel.e.redmond. And you can also check out my website, um, which is rachel-redmond.com. And just come say hello, send me a DM. I like chatting with people. I'm a, I'm a natural like relationship builder. So that's kind of more fun for me to like hear from people and chat. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Make sure you guys go follow Rachel and check out her Instagram. You have a lot of great information on your page as well. And uh, thank you for doing this. Thank you so much for spending some time with us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was fun. All right, I know you guys loved that one. It's powerful. I hope you took away some really valuable inspiration and some things that you can actually start implementing into your own life. As always, I appreciate you guys so much. I would love if you would subscribe to this show and also leave a review. Five star would be awesome. No, honestly, I just appreciate hearing what you take away from this show and how it's helping you. I just, I just really love hearing from you guys. Make sure 
sure you're following me at Michelle File on Instagram and Michelle Moore File on Facebook. I love when you guys send me messages. I love when you tag me in your stories. It's just so fun to see that some of you are really getting some really great information from these shows and these incredible guests that I'm having on. I hope you have an awesome week and we'll see you next Wednesday.